Welcome to season four of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. As organizations continue to undergo digital transformation, adding new products, services, and integrations, they're also accruing technical debt. With some organizations, this has been building over years, possibly decades. Today, we're going to talk about technical debt and how companies can manage this as they continue to feel the effects of pressure to continually modernize and implement more features and services to serve customers effectively. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Imran McMillan, Director of Application Modernization at NTT Data Services. Imran, welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg. Glad I could be here, and I definitely appreciate the opportunity to chat today. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to talking about this subject with you. Uh, So why don't you start by just giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing at NTT Data Services. Yeah, absolutely. So by trade, I'm an engineer, and I've always been attracted to the areas of process optimization and system design Through my career in professional services, I've had the opportunity to work my way through what I would call a gamut of technology roles, ranging from business analyst, data analyst, systems and application engineer, and eventually managing large technology implementation projects at a big service provider. I've had chances to work with the public sector and the private sector, and I've definitely gone through large and small digital transformation efforts with both. So now I find myself at NTT Data Services as the director of their application modernization offering. I spend a lot of my time identifying innovative leaders and technologies in the sector, assessing brand partnerships and go-to-market strategies, talking with analysts and prospective clients about our solutions and services. And when I'm lucky, I get to talk to industry insiders like yourself about trends and the pace of change in our industry. I think NTT is definitely pushing the envelope in terms of bringing AI and modern tooling to modernization. We have platforms like Nucleus, and I'm excited to be part of the team that's bringing cutting edge technology to our application offerings. Yeah, today uh, we're gonna be talking about technical debt, uh, what it is and how companies can manage it. So for those uh, less familiar with the term, uh, can you just uh, explain what technical debt is? Sure, I can definitely take a stab at that. And honestly, when people talk about technical debt, I feel like they're often speaking from the perspective of software inadequacies related to design or development. And sometimes even the term technology debt is used to broaden the scope of assessment. But for our purposes here, I'll use those terms interchangeably. And I can just quickly describe two large buckets of debt that arise in IT shops. One definitely stems from poorly written code. This has the ability to bloat your applications and prohibit your ability to develop new functionality. And this is often referred to as cruft. And effectively, that's accumulated low quality code due to either bad practices, rushed implementation, or just error prone software efforts. 
Now, the flip side of that is poorly designed architecture or systems that can be slow, insecure, reaching end of service life, or overall just limiting business innovation. And there's lots of individual examples about how technical debt manifests, ranging from antiquated databases that crash all the time to legacy mainframe operations that slow down user interfaces, or even reduce developer productivity due to coding in a monolithic framework. So those are just two broader perspectives on what exactly is technical debt. That's great. Yeah. And I appreciate you breaking it down like that. Cause I, I agree. It's um, sometimes a, there's a few things that get, get kind of conflated there. So that's, that's, I think that's really helpful. Um, so as far as uh, you touched on this a little bit, but you know, as far as how is um, technical debt typically accumulated and is there a way to avoid it? You know, there, every, everyone, in so, to some degree is going through some kind of transformation or, or ongoing initiative or something like that. Like, are there ways to manage technical debt before it becomes overwhelming? Yeah, absolutely. That, those are two great questions. How does it come about and how can you manage it? Well, first of all, to your point, businesses are sentient beings. They evolve, they grow, they adapt. And as your customer segments change, as new business lines emerge, and as overall strategies for engagement and services are updated, the technology behind them doesn't always keep up. You might put off your database framework update because your customers are only seeing the UI UX, or you might not want to replatform your mainframe because if it's a massively expensive and risky undertaking. And the way it's orchestrated right now is keeping your websites afloat. So that's definitely one way that the debt accumulates is just through the evolution of business. And another is really closely related to the perilous software development triangle. And by that I'm referring to speed, cost and quality. If you're trying to minimize your time to market, you're trying to minimize your cost of development, a lot of products are rushed to users with inadequate testing, lack of consideration for edge cases, or simply poorly structured code that fits the purpose, but limits extensibility and future development. So that's another major factor for accumulating debt. And finally, you can't ignore cost. You know, when you're talking about re-architecture, some major undertaking, and even a smaller scope refactoring of individual applications can definitely be daunting. It takes time, and in most time, or excuse me, in most cases, it takes a lot of manual effort and very skilled resources to unpack that cruft, the stale frameworks, the bad design choices, and rewrite to a modern security-minded design pattern. So over time, these three factors can definitely relate to the increase of technical debt. So you might be wondering, what, how do you manage that? Because it almost seems inevitable that you will accumulate some technical debt along the evolution of your business. Well, you know, there's definitely strategies to mitigate that. And first of all, you definitely have to do a good job aligning your business forecasts with your IT roadmaps as much as possible. And of course that poses challenges, but one thing you can do is really enable and empower cross-functional product development. You need to bring in stakeholders from enterprise IT management, from software design and development, 
product owners, application owners, and business stakeholders so that they can all engage in conversations together about what the future looks like and what their needs are. You know, another major thing that you can do is establish architecture review boards or other means of IT governance that are critical for successful technology-enabled businesses. You can't just throw out any software to user communities. You have to ensure that there's code review, architecture review, security posture review, and adequate testing ahead of release. Having software templates or enforcing software standards for development and testing also definitely helps with that effort. And finally, something that I think should be part of just about any IT enterprise annual deliverable is a technology replacement plan. Understanding the service life cycle of your major applications and platforms that enable your business is key. You have to plan around customer support windows that might be ending, frameworks that are being updated, some software libraries might be getting sunsetted, and eventually that leads to unsupported applications or systems. So planning that long-term IT investment roadmap around capacity planning and aging technologies is absolutely vital. Moving from the more technical focus to the, the rest of the business and, and strategy, you know, what kind of business issues does technical debt amplify and how can you jointly find a solution for business optimization and expansion um, and user experience or customer experience with, uh, with technical solutions? That is a pretty weighty question. So I'll try <laughs> to unpack it a little bit. Um, quite frankly, a lot of people, you know, look for service partnerships to answer this exact question because yeah. it is something that takes time to unwind a little bit. But so the way I see technical debt is almost like a ripple effect. You know, it starts as a limited scope issue and eventually it has the ability to impact operations, staffing, development velocity, and even user experiences. So, you know, when we're specifically talking about some kinds of topical business issues in the current enterprise climate, you know, there's definitely a few that come to mind. One of them is enabling business innovation and agility. You know, poorly written, one poorly written function or model has the ability to systematically hamper new development. If you're trying to figure out how to extend a particular service or achieve a greenfield functionality or even in, integrate with a new application, but you can't understand how it was initially implemented due to bad documentation or confusing code, takes a lot of analysis, potential rewriting, and that's just to get something functional. So developer cadence is much slower, and ultimately the business issue there is the limited agility to respond to new customer segments and opportunities. This There's also another business issue of how do you bring customers a modern UI, UX, or even CX, you know, if your middleware layer or your data layer is already topping out its performance or capacity limits, and you're trying to implement new user features like 
graphing dashboards or sales charting or service reports, your capacity limits might just provide an unusably slow UI. Um, so that's definitely a critical business issue, especially with the focus being placed on customer-centric design principles and human factor design. And one other common business effort, especially these days, is how do you build a 360-degree customer profile? Well, you know, this often requires pulling and integrating data from different tables and services. And depending on how your architecture is set up, it might be hard to redraw those boundary layers or interface requirements. So that's just another business use case that technical debt hampers. So when it comes to actually finding solutions for business optimization and aligning that with a technical solution, there's definitely some modern paradigms that help. Um, well, first of all, there's a reason that application modernization is largely geared towards developing microservices for app platforms. They provide extensibility, portability, and they allow for development of enhancements or new functionality with limited impact to other apps and services. And these microservices go hand in hand with container frameworks. While you can deploy a microservice-based application to a VM or any kind of virtualized environment, you definitely gain greater efficiencies by deploying to a containerized runtime environment. It presents a consistent software framework for developers. They don't have to worry about configuration changes in production that might impact the usability of their apps. And these containers are also much lighter than traditional virtual infrastructure since they don't have to support multiple copies of an operating system and have the associated execution environments. So you're pretty much dedicating the maximum amount of server processing capacity to running the applications. So those are just a couple of the modern paradigms that sort of align that business optimization with technical solutions to tackle technical debt. When a company wants to modernize their applications, what are some of the challenges that companies can expect in achieving transformation due to technical debt? There's a plethora of challenges that companies can run into. <laughs> so rather than get into all of them, what I'll probably do here is just talk about some of the less obvious ones. But, you know, transformation can take the form of migrating to a new software framework, replacing an old technology stack, redesigning or re-architecting business critical applications, retiring a mainframe, moving to a new cloud provider, or even integrating a new customer facing application. So obviously there's so many challenges that can happen in even just one of those efforts. Uh, so I'll just talk, try to talk to some of these less obvious challenges. And one of them is organizational change management. OCM is something that we're seeing come to greater and greater focus, especially for people like NTT and service integrators. One of the keys to success is adequately planning handover, upscaling, and right-sizing your workforce. If you fail to address the fact that your current employees might not be the best positioned to manage a new technology platform, that can definitely lead to a lot of operational issues. Um, and the new products and architectures that are delivered by a third party without adequate training 
you're probably not going to be able to manage and operationalize them in an effective way. You just don't want new systems thrown over the fence without enough context to go with it. Another challenge that might be a little bit discounted these days is recruiting and staffing is not easy when you have a very distributed IT environment that spans across legacy and modern technologies. Obviously, we are in, quote unquote, the great labor shortage, but even beyond that, it's not necessarily as easy to find a COBOL developer or an Oracle database expert as it is to find a Python developer. You know, there's a reputational risk for organizations that are working with old technology platforms and many new or junior developers aren't going to want to take on and potentially limit their skill development when they could be training in more in-demand areas. And another issue that people don't really take into as great consideration is the fact that you're probably gonna have to instantiate some level of parallel services as you move to a new environment. You know, whether it's a DevOps platform using containers in a public cloud or just a new database that's being managed in a snowflake environment, you're gonna probably need multiple production environments running in parallel during cutover and transition to ensure continuity of operations and evaluate failover. So this presents a high cost, high risk, and general fear just in the IT shop of what operational issues might occur when there finally is that hard cutover. So ho hopefully that gets to some of the challenges that companies can expect while they're going through their transformation efforts. That's great. And I guess even to, to take a step back from that, I mean, you've touched on several things here, but you know, what are some of the risks and, and common pain points of not assessing technical debt or, or modernizing applications, you know, b before even getting into it and actually undertaking the effort? So the old adage, let sleeping dogs lay, <laughs> definitely does not apply to technical debt. <laughs> so I'm just going to go back to my ripple effect analogy and sort of talk through some of the outcomes of looming technical debt. You know, first of all, like most things in life, the longer you spent ignoring an issue or working around an issue, the more expensive it will become to eventually remediate or fix it. You know, if you're talking about a system that's been in use for multiple decades or has been passed through multiple dev and product management teams, the accumulated debt can be almost insurmountable to the point where the only realistic option is to completely rebuild that service or application. So when you're comparing the cost of rebuilding a platform versus incrementally implementing standard software patterns, code quality control, then you're talking about a huge liability that is much larger than incrementally modernizing along the way. Um, another really common pain point is it can be very, very difficult to implement modern development and delivery methodologies like agile or scaled agile, like safe to a program that is primarily working on legacy technologies. Development takes longer, release cadence is slower, and incremental delivery is very difficult to achieve. So that means there's going to be much longer deltas between product conception and user acceptance. And that 
just spells a pain point for any organization trying to adapt or evolve in today's market. So one of the topics that I also touched on earlier is just enabling business innovation and agility. I mean, that's the key goal of just about any IT shop these days. So the more technical debt and aged applications that you have, the less likely you are to be able to quickly respond to new customer needs, develop new business lines, or even tackle emerging markets. Um, one final point that I think is probably not as reported is, so in today's IT climate, there's cutting edge solutions and sassified solutions for just about every part of business integration. Whether you're looking at your customer relationship management, you know, your transaction processing, your decision support, or any other critical system to your business functions, you might be looking for new partners who can drive smarter business intelligence, maybe bring AI to your software development, or even automate your deploy and integration process with a DevOps pipeline. Integrating legacy frameworks and applications with some of these new solution providers can definitely be an uphill battle. And it would be significantly more time and cost consuming than if you already had a containerized public cloud deployment of your apps that had key functions available via an API. So what happens, this also trickles into the development of competencies and certifications. If you wanted to be accredited or audible from a software perspective, and let's just say you're searching for that AWS certified competency or partner validation, then if you're not using modern build paradigms, it becomes much, much harder to attain those uh, actual service validations. So what happens is there's actually a deconstructive flywheel where less people are attracted to work for your organization because they know that your legacy services are hard to build and maintain to, and it leads to even less certifications being handed down to the organization because you're not able to retain talent. And pretty much this flywheel works in reverse to make your life a lot harder to adapt to new business challenges. So let's... Uh... Briefly look at this from the end customer perspective. We've spent most of our time here talking about within the business, whether it's technology or business owners or things like that. Um, although technical debt certainly is an internal issue to an organization, it does still affect the end users of product. So how can companies identify their application delivery standards and determine business value of improving some of these services related to the customer experience. You know, that's a great point. I mean, customer experience is often the beginning of any new development or design effort that goes on today. Um, and so it's absolutely key that in today's business client, ease of use is a priority for greenfield development. One way that you can really get to how you're determining business value from that CX is customer feedback loops. They're a great source of validation for your application's ability to drive value. And you know you can conduct this through interviews, surveys, built-in questionnaires, um, or other creative useful tools that ultimately are evaluating customer success. You want to build up the kinds of data intelligence and metrics that can tell you 
Is there repeated use around a particular service or application? How are you defining your customer retention? How are you calculating the duration of interaction with your apps and services? All of that is useful information. And if you see that, for example, a customer is very unlikely to use a particular service after their first attempt, or if there's a sense of frustration by, let's say, that 80% of users stop interacting with a web page after trying to access a particular report that doesn't populate within five seconds, then that's very telling information on what needs to be improved first to drive customer engagement, which ultimately drives business value. So we're always trying to reduce customer friction, you know, enable more responsive interface designs to drive engagement. And it can be difficult to sort of translate that feature availability into actual perceptible business value without adequate business intelligence and data gathering. So it's really critical that you bake in schemes for understanding your user interaction with applications early into the development process so that you can have those positive feedback loops that really tie together the outcomes and the IT services. Well, uh, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, you recently wrote a blog post on calculating technical debt. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and how an organization uh, can measure and, and manage the amount of technical debt they have and determine what to prioritize in order to invest in that? This is something that a lot of organizations are interested in getting a better handle on. They come to you know, providers like NTT to really scope and assess what their technical debt is. And uh, quite frankly, there's no automated or easy, you know, easy bake solution for getting this out. But really the process begins with a true inventory of your application and systems portfolio. If you don't have a good understanding of your IT footprint, especially in today's world where that can span on-prem, multi-cloud, diverse SaaS products, you know, it can be very hard to relate your business to your IT operations. And that's really step one, understanding, like you said in the previous question, where the business value comes from as it pertains to your IT systems and applications. You know, determining or defining which services and applications are directly utilized by customers can be a good starting point. But to do that, you need to have solid command over the business processes and rules that enable that commerce and user interaction. Failure to recognize that underlying services, possibly at the data or network tier, can really prohibit you from prioritizing your investments correctly. What I'm really trying to get at is there needs to be a holistic approach to assessment and ultimately transformation. So measuring technical debt can cover anything from deconstructing your user interaction from front-facing websites and mobile apps to understanding your limitations in your current database architecture or even recognizing problems with your security posture that can lead to unwanted attacks or malicious intent to damage or extract system information. It can take a really pretty in-depth analysis to get a good handle on calculating your technical debt. And how do you do that? Well, you have to interview app owners, you have to interview business stakeholders, you have to analyze code application and systems, and you have to do a holistic review of your architecture. 
And honestly, the things that I would do just to create and define a roadmap are bucket things into target categories. And so one way you can do that is have your hot list, the things that need to be updated or modernized in the next in the next six to 12 months, not only to ensure business continuity, but to ensure adaptability to future customer demand. Then you can have a medium term forecast, you know, put your systems, apps and services in a bucket that need to be updated or modernized in the next 12 to 24 months. And then you can go through that same process for a bucket for the next two to five years. So really building that roadmap of priorities and what impacts the customers and the business the most is really highly important. And it's also important to revisit that plan often and recalibrate because as we both know, technologies are released faster and faster, new frameworks, new softwares, new SaaS products, and they might be better fits for your business. So there's definitely a revolving nature to this effort. Um, it's definitely not something that's a one and done deal. And so companies that approach technology refreshes or tech debt assessments as a one-time deal are probably not gonna have the most success. That's definitely why we like to emphasize the continuous nature of digital modernization in our offering at NTT. And we bring a lot of that to our customers and clients. Wonderful. Well, Imran, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, What's the best way for them to keep up with what you and NTT data services are doing? Great question. So we have a lot of, you know, the common interface points, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, and we actually have a blog on our NTT website that we present and discuss a lot of topical issues with the modernization marketplace. Um, we also have, you know, case studies with previous clients and just offering material to describe how we enable transformation. So our website's always a great resource, or you can find us, you know, at social media on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, so please feel free to reach out and find us. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Imran McMillan, Director of Application Modernization at NTT Data Services for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.